Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Hello, listeners. Um, welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio. I am your host, Peggy Smedley. My next guest is responsible for the growing and managing a suite of hardware and software products, including Daiquiri's 4D Studio and Daiquiri's Smart Helmet. So please welcome Matt Camerat, Vice President of Innovation for Daiquiri. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Peggy. Nice to talk to you today. Hey, Matt, it is exciting. I have to tell you, you guys have come up with a pretty cool idea talking about a smart connected helmet. I mean, thinking about keeping those job those job sites safe, what an awesome idea. So let's talk about the smart helmet. Absolutely. How did you guys come up with that idea? I just think it's a great idea. Sure. So we started about five years ago, and originally uh, we thought that we could create just software for bringing augmented reality to industry and to the work site. And ultimately what we found was that the first generation of hardware devices introduced into this marketplace just really were not built for the work site. They weren't tools. You know, if anything, they were toys. And so we needed something that was going to fit side by side and integrate with you know, the existing ecosystem of, of tools and technologies necessary for the modern job site. And ultimately, that meant starting from scratch. It meant taking out, you know, essentially a clean sheet of paper and, and thinking about how do we maximize the capability of the worker? How do we rethink what work could be when man and machine and worker and machine are brought uh, more closely together uh, in, in a more fluid way? And that's really uh, from which we, we designed the Daiquiri Smart Helmet. So that's a great question. Why do you think it's taken so long when you think about wearable technology and now you just talked about augmented reality? Why is it taken so long to kind of mesh that together and, and the ability to give the right information so that that job site's able to adopt it? You know, and, 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 and the reason I ask this question is we always look, and I say this a lot of times, that the job site is slow to adopt, but in some ways, if it's the right tool, so to speak. The job site's the first one to say, I'm going to use it. And if it can save and safety is involved, the construction job site is going to be the first one to, to grab it. And I think you guys, they're going to gravitate to it. And I think you guys have come up with something that meshes all of those things together in a nice package. We appreciate that. Yeah. Ultimately, in terms of why no one kind of got there earlier or why the technology didn't meet those needs. I think there are a couple pieces to it. The, the first one is that everyone is really dazzled by uh, the consumer marketplace. And so when you look at the vast majority of other devices out there, in addition to trying to solve you know, the, the challenges of industrial, the challenges of construction, uh, they're also at the same time trying to solve things like entertainment and being a consumer cell phone replacement. And ultimately, you know, we think that's just a problem of constraints where you have to, you know, kind of choose one thing and do it really, really well, um, or you end up being sort of a watered-down version for everyone. And ultimately, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, adoption, which is, you know, the day that it is faster, better, easier, even more enjoyable to use, you know, that is the day that it's adopted on the job site. But prior to that point, if it's something that's kludgy, if it's something that's difficult to integrate, if it's something that's more cumbersome or takes longer than however that task is being done today, no one's going to use it. And it's an interesting thing you mentioned about the consumer marketplace, because I think that's where this wearable market is kind of shaping out, because 
There's so many wearables, but finding the right niche for the right wearable is where it gets accepted. And I think you've done that. And I think when you look about it, a powerful impact in the construction space it is in every wearable. It, it's not going to be a wearable for all things to all people. It's the wearable that has the right niche. And I think yep. that's what we're talking about here and talking about the safety features. Walk us through what makes this have safety features that are going to alert? I mean, I, I look at this right now. Anytime you can have something that can alert, you know, a, a, a worker on the site that, you know, uh, a something's going to happen and not only alert him or her on the job site, but others, you, you, you've done something that if we can eliminate a fatality or an injury – Oh my gosh, that that's huge. That's significant. I mean, we lose way too many people, and too many people get hurt on the job site. And and one reducing one inju- injury is significant. I mean, that's powerful stuff. Absolutely. And and first and foremost, we took the perspective that you can't take a step backwards on safety. So. Uh, you know, looking at what the smart helmet is to begin with, it is a personal protective device right out of the box. It's one that, you know, meets and exceeds the safety requirements for the current standard of equipment. And for us, that was, you know, foundational. It was something that, you know, we weren't going to get out the door uh, without addressing that. But then what you're talking about really, you know, leverages both the sensors on the smart helmet. And for those not familiar with it, it also has a a see-through display, you know, which gives uh, the user the sense of being, you know, somewhat like, like Iron Man or RoboCop as, as sort of a cultural reference that, that people are aware of. Um, but what that allows you to do is have this additional sense of awareness of things around you and to leverage those sensors almost as extensions of your existing natural senses. So what I mean by that is you don't have eyes in the back of your head, you know, unless you're a mother, you might in that case. But in That's most right, cases, only you moms. don't have eyes, <laughs> eyes in the back of your head. But what the smart helmet does is it has a camera in the rear. And what it allows you to do is whether it's actively you know, displaying the output of that camera or passively just keeping an awareness of what is a safe distance from a piece of equipment, from an edge, you know, from, from any sort of potential safety issue. And uh, having an alert system that's adaptive so that as you get closer to those potential issues, that alert gets more and more uh, intrusive in terms of taking over your field of view, in terms of you know, light and sound and, and making sure that that user is aware um, and, you know, fully cognizant of the fact that they're approaching uh, a dangerous situation. And and we know that on the job site, these dangerous situations are actually, you know, critical work environments. So there are going to be times where, you know, that alert is simply a a background recognition of, of something that person already knows. But for a lot of these incidents, especially caught between, especially falls, uh, it's, it's a lack of awareness. And, and ultimately that's what the smart helmet brings. My, my thought, question to you is, in segment one, I was talking about, you know, that when we look at the reports that come out from OSHA that there's over, you know, there's 4,600 uh, workers killed on the, on the job. You know, that's nearly mm-hmm. 90 workers a week and more than 13 deaths every day. So were you guys doing sure. research at how you're able to use this to help prevent or do something? If you're talking a personal protective device here, was there research that you're able to put out there that's saying, we know how we're going to be able to prevent injuries or death by doing something like this, using sensors that's going to provide provide real-time information? Yes, absolutely. And, And it was really one of the foundational kind of design elements that we went in with. You know, in meeting with 
you know, potential customers and working with people using our software, safety was always bubbling to the top of the list. Safety is a huge priority across, you know, wide variety of industries. Uh, but anywhere that you've got, you know, people interacting with heavy equipment, it's, it's especially, uh, you know, pregnant with opportunity for uh, issues to arise. And so ultimately, you know, what we think uh, the smart helmet does is provides a guidance system, provides, you know, sort of a bubble of safety, uh, much the same way that we think uh, driver assisted or, or uh, autonomous vehicles will. So much like a few years from now, we think people will, you know, look at vehicles and say, you know, boy, we were really not very good at driving those on the open highway. And, you know, that really caused, you know, many deaths and, and, you know, countless injuries. We think people are going to look at going to the job site without a smart helmet the same way. And people are going to wonder, you know, uh, how did I ever, you know, kind of enter that precarious scenario of uh, not having uh, that situational awareness and not being connected to the ecosystem of equipment. Because the other thing a smart helmet can do is without the person taking any action, it can talk to that equipment and say, hey, there's a person here, uh, you know, shut down your capability to move backwards. Uh, develop an envelope or a geofence that the uh, piece of equipment cannot enter into near the smart helmet, such that those incidents are not just uh, likely prevented, but in fact impossible to happen. So please tell me that people are going to be trained on these, because I like to think on autonomous vehicles, we have some knowledge before people get in these vehicles. I know that they'll be driving and people think they're all by themselves, and we're at level two in autonomous vehicles right now versus getting to level five. But the same thing with these helmets. You've got some great training that goes on with some of these helmets. Yes, absolutely. And actually, our first wave of partners that we're working with, too, are then also a a secondary force that are going out and training on our behalf to uh, a broader audience since, you know, we're only uh, only 300 people as of of the current time. But we have a Smart Helmet Orientation Center here uh, at our locations where we'll walk people through that first-time experience and kind of set off that multiplier effect of then sending people out to train others. But ultimately, you know, the the important thing to remember here is that the helmet itself can do a lot of that training and testing. So because the helmet can guide you through, you know, processes and operations, one of the things it can guide you through is learning how to use it. And so it actually has uh, sort of a persona within it that walks you through that process and starts with very simple procedures, understanding how to uh, navigate content, understanding how to launch apps within the helmet. And then gradually, as it can tell that you're acquiring those skills, steps up the complexity of what you're presented so that as you become more of an expert, the helmet adapts to that. So it's not continuing to feed you that basic information, that, you know, really uh, low-level training once you're, you know, an expert who's performed the function with the helmet many, many times. And we think that sort of adaptive training is, is really the future, not just for the helmet, but, uh, but for training and, and content and testing in general. Well, I have to tell you, Matt, I'm truly inspired by this, and I know we've run out of time here, but will you come back and share with us some really great examples of how you've used this in the field? Because I know there are listeners out there going, I want to know how I can get this helmet and learn more about it, but I know you've been had a very busy schedule and we tried to really work around it, but will you come back and share more with us? Absolutely. I, I would love to. And just to, to tease that, one of the folks we're working with uh, to build stuff out is building the Hyperloop. Uh, so a very exciting use case uh, you know, that we can talk about next time. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, so much for being with us. Listeners, we're out of time, but stick around. We've got more to talk about right here on Con Expo, Con Ag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to WS Radio. 
Improve your business and your life with useful information from experts and thought leaders. WS Radio is radio with ROI. You take your smartphone almost everywhere you go. Now WSRadio.com can be there too. Search WS Radio in the Play Store for your Android devices or iTunes for Apple and download the WS Radio application. WSRadio.com on your phone and in your ear everywhere you go. Download the WS Radio application. Do it now. It's very easy. WSRadio.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The richness of your life is reflected in the shimmering elegance found at Dioloon Design. One-of-a-kind jewelry and pieces from Cynthia Dillon in silver and gold help to express your unique personality. The flowing designs of her creations will empower the way you move throughout your day. Join us online at diolundesigns.com. Small businesses are the lifeblood of America's economy. Every Thursday, SBA Radio interviews industry professionals and is dedicated to provide small businesses with timely insights and innovations. Visit www.sbaradio.us for details. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business, but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. That's scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. 